Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host Ashton Overholt. Ashton, how are you doing today? Fantastic. We had a really good week of college football. Um, this was probably one of my favorite weeks. I really enjoyed it. I know you like when you had Red Red River to lead off the day. Like somehow it just really sets the tone. I enjoyed game like really good quality games throughout. Um, I stayed up way too late watching USC and Arizona just. Same. slug it out right so like it was a full day it was a great day of of college football um just reminds me why we love the sport yeah well definitely a lot to go over so let's just kind of jump into it it started friday and we had a, two games friday night oklahoma state beat kansas state 29 21 bit of an upset there and nebraska beat illinois 20 to 7 um illinois continues to be terrible um after a really good season a year ago so Getting into Saturday, you mentioned Red River. We got to talk about that one. Obviously, Oklahoma beats Texas 34 to 30. Huge game for them. Yeah. I don't know that my opinion of Texas changed a lot, but my opinion of Oklahoma did. Like I view them as a legitimate playoff contender now. I th- I think that's fair. One thing that really impressed me, um, and yeah, obviously I was kind of an Oklahoma backer um, mm-hmm. like this past week or whatever leading up to it and had some money on Oklahoma. Um, but Oklahoma's physicality even surpassed what I thought they had. Um, mm-hmm. Oklahoma was the more physical football team, especially on defense. I think you noticed that. Um, they weren't necessarily super physical like running the ball, um, but that defense flew around they they hit people they hit people hard they had multiple sacks they had a number of fumbles um in particular that that goal line stop that they had um where the, it was texas had first and goal at the one and, yes. and they stoned them on on four straight plays huge huge series there um for texas's de- or for oklahoma's defense yeah i i agree with you quinn ewers wasn't bad like i kind of want to just say that quinn ewers only he was 31 um, of 37, which is good. That's only six incompletions. And he had two interceptions. The one was bad. The first one, the first pick was was really bad. The second one was not his fault at all. Um, yeah, I, th- there's so many storylines to, to get into. And maybe just, I'll just say one more and then kind of throw it back to you. But Texas is who Texas, like who we thought Texas was. I, I don't really, nothing really changed um, for me there. But Dylan Gabriel was a really, really good quarterback on Saturday. And and I think that he, yeah, I, I mean, Oklahoma doesn't win that football game without him. That late throw with pressure in his face to the end zone, what I mean, nails. Like, that was incredible. Oklahoma doesn't have a very tough schedule from here on out. Like, there, I mean, that's a potential playoff team. That really is a, a playoff team right there. Yeah, they, they have an excellent shot. I, I I would guess we're going to see these two teams play again in the Big 12 yeah. title game. I think they're two, they're clearly the two best teams in the Big 12. You mentioned it, Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel, the defense. Yeah. Really, the whole team, like they looked more complete than they've looked in a long time. Like they just looked like a good team everywhere. I don't know that they have like 
I don't know that they have a lot of elite stars, but I don't know that they need to necessarily. They probably need you to win a title. Like I, I don't think Oklahoma's winning the title this year, but they right. could absolutely make the playoff. They played really well. I thought it was a very balanced performance by them. They won the turnover battle three to zero. If yes. you're Texas, I think you feel like you probably are the better team, and you know you just if you don't if you don't lose the turnover battle three to zero, you have a good chance of winning that game. So yeah. I don't think we need to feel any worse about Texas. Like they have everything in front of them. They still, in my opinion, control their own destiny. They can win the rematch if it comes to that. Um, Oklahoma can also win the rematch. Like they they are a little more legit than I than I thought they were. So. Yeah, I don't know that I have a whole lot more than what we've already kind of pointed out. Like, these are two really good teams. Dylan Gabriel ran for 113 yards and was by far Oklahoma's leading rusher. Something yeah. that kind of got lost in the mix due to how well he threw the ball um, was his, like, just his ability on the ground. Real, like, that. that's, we didn't always see that from from Gabriel. Like, he did not always, that was not always that guy. And, and he, he set the tone early, early touchdown run had a couple of big third down runs um, to convert some, some third downs for Oklahoma. So yeah, I, I went back and watched the whole thing again, to, not the whole thing. I watched the YouTube, like a 30 minute YouTube cut up of it today. Um, just to, yeah, like just what a great game, like mm -hmm. fantastic game, ready to have this game be an sec game. Like these, th that felt big time there. Um, really. Yeah. Looking forward to those guys joining the sec. Red river rarely disappoints. It's just one of the one of the great right rivalries that we got okay let's move on we have a, a big matchup in the sec that you mentioned lsu beats mizzou 49 to 39 a oh. bit of a misleading score missouri throws the pick six um while trying to take the lead at the end of the game mizzou was up big in this game i think by it was a two-score lead in the first half kind of jumped all over lsu yep. and then Stalled out a bit, and LSU just kept coming. Jaden Daniels had a really good game for them. Um, yeah, what were your thoughts in this game? I know we we both kind of thought Mizzou was the better team coming into it, but but LSU just kind of kept coming. They they did. Um, Mizzou got out to a big early lead, which was kind of surprising. Like like you mentioned that they had a, a nice lead. LSU's offense is really good, but like Missouri's offense is really good. Like it, it was it was defense optional kind of yeah. <laughs> for both of the for both of these teams um and yeah i i don't know like i i don't know if either i don't know if my opinion of either team changed that much from this game either like yeah lsu we kind of knew that they're a flawed team they have elite re receiver talent but their defense is not very good and they really can't tackle and they definitely can't cover and missouri like we knew they had a real guy in luther burden at mm -hmm. receiver like that dude's an all-american potentially um, he's, he's excellent, uh, outstanding. So, and, and he popped off, like he had almost 150 in this game. Like we kind of knew what these teams were. And, and I think that these teams are, they're tough matchups for, for, for certain teams. However, I do feel like neither team is top 25 quality like that. Somehow after the game, I came away thinking like, Ooh, I know both of those teams were ranked at the time of the matchup, but neither one LSU or Missouri is in the top 25 of best teams in the country. I I I I think I that's kind of where I came away. I would view them both as probably borderline top 25. They might be in it just because someone's got to be in it. <laughs> right. But yeah, like LSU that offense is good. They they have a good offense. 
Right. The secondary is terrible. If they come up against anybody that can hurt them with the pass, they they will give up points. Mizzou can hurt them with the pass. You mentioned, obviously, the Luther Burden's the star there. Mookie Cooper and Theo Weiss Jr. are also two pretty good receivers. Yeah. Brady Cook. He's good. He's good. He's, he's mostly good. He's he he did throw a couple interceptions. He will do that. Sure. That sure. is that 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 will happen. He's he's also pretty good. <laughs> like ninety percent of the time, he's he's chucking it and making good throws. Um. Yeah. <laughs> LSU's weakness. They might beat Bama again. <laughs> like, oh no! Like it's very possible. I'm just saying, like. Okay. I don't know if Bama is the team that will absolutely dice them up with the pass. Yeah. Adam has a chance. Like that game could actually mean something at the end of the year. Um, I don't know. Like LSU, they have a clear weakness, and I'm not sure how many teams can actually make them pay for it. So that's something to keep an eye on going forward. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I think, yeah, LSU secondary, which is, by the way, we're used to LSU having really good corners and yeah. a really good safety somewhere. Like they always did. Like from – even from the less miles years, like they always had NFL dudes roaming around in the secondary. They can't tackle and they really can't cover. Like it's, no. it's shocking. <laughs> it's shocking to watch. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I do feel, I think Alabama has found a little bit of something with Jalen mm-hmm. Milrow throwing to Jermaine Burton. And maybe we'll probably get to that more in a bit, but like I, yeah, to the LSU Bama matchup, which is still coming. It's in Tuscaloosa this year, which I think matters. Yeah, Alabama for me is clearly better than the, Alabama doesn't have nearly as big of a flaw as the LSU secondary is for for the Tigers, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, another big noon game was Ohio State and Maryland. Maryland beats, sorry, Ohio State beats Maryland uh, 37-17. Kind of a sneaky close game. This was only 20-17 to after three, and then Ohio State right. wins the fourth quarter 17-0. to I don't know that my opinion of Ohio State or Maryland really changed all that much. Talia Tungavailoa, pretty good quarterback, will make a few back-breaking bad plays. Um, He had a play at the end of the first half where he threw it short of the sticks when they were out of timeouts and they were in field goal range, and they complete the pass and the clock runs out. Um, Yeah. Just some of that, he, he had a bad interception, a couple interceptions in this game. Ohio State, I don't know, man. Like, are the are they the best team in the country, or are they number fifteen? Because I can't decide. Like, it's probably somewhere in between, but I don't know. What do you think? They they definitely have some flaws. There, there's a ton of teams right now that are, like, kind of you're you're seeing the flaws. Like, they're okay. Yeah. Ohio State didn't really run the ball, and outside of Marvin Harrison, who really popped off in this game. They, they didn't really have a ton of threat in the receiving core. Like, like it, they have good receivers. And and McCord's a, a decent quarterback. Like, I'm yeah. kind of coming around a little bit on McCord. I do think he's finding something. But, like, he got sacked quite a bit. He got pressured quite a bit. And the 37-17 to 17 score, the final, is not indicative of, of how close this game was. I mean, OSU yeah. got a pick six early on. And it was 10, I mean, it was 10, 10 at half. And, and those, the only touchdown that Ohio state scored was on a, was a defensive touchdown a pick six. Like they're, they're, they're having to find some things. Now the Ohio state defense is much improved from previous yes. years. I think we can go ahead and confidently say that 
Ohio State's defense has definitely taken strides forward. Um, it's that offense. Like, you, yeah, you didn't maybe know that you would be Ooh. thinking that, but they're struggling to replace those two NFL tackles that they lost who mm-hmm. are currently starters in the NFL. I mean, yeah, shocker. That's, I mean, <laughs> those guys are hard to replace. And Ohio State is still working on that. Like, that's still, still something they're going through. So it's a, okay. Ohio State couldn't play this game against Penn State and, and win. Penn State right. would go in and win and win if unless Ohio State plays much better, which they can. Oh, that was not Ohio State's A game. So they take comfort in that. They definitely have a higher gear to go to. I thought Maryland was pretty good. Like I watched a, a good bit of it. I thought Maryland was actually pretty solid. I was kind of um yeah, surprised by those guys. Yeah, I mean, I think you can make a pretty good argument that Maryland's the fourth best team in the Big Ten. Right. Um, they have a clear ceiling on their on what they can accomplish this season. But yeah, this is more about Ohio State. I don't actually, despite what I said earlier, I don't actually believe Ohio State is the best team in the country. Right. I think they have the type of team that they they could, like if they put everything together, they could win the national title this year. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I I like their defense. Like I really do. They They have a more complete defense than I expected. And I thought they'd have a good, an improved defense this season. It's more complete than I expected. They can both rush the passer and cover guys, and they they can also stop the run fairly well. Like you mentioned, replacing two NFL tackles is tough. CJ Stroud is also lighting it up as a rookie. Um, True. And Kyle McCord might be a decent quarterback, but he's nowhere close to CJ Stroud. And it's you can just see it the way they play. Sometimes you see it in the body language of the receivers, and, and it's hard to blame them. I mean, they're used to, quite frankly, NFL starter talent throwing them the ball, and it's just not happening right now. Um, I sort of get the feeling that Ohio State is going to get beat pretty bad by Michigan. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I like, I I I definitely think that the Michigan game will be the best that Ohio state plays all year. Um, Good chance. I would lean towards Penn state beating Ohio state, but Ohio state beating Michigan this year, because I don't think Ohio state can lose to Michigan this year. I don't think that is allowed in Columbus. So yeah, I I would lean maybe a little bit more the other way, but no, I absolutely see what, see what you're saying. They're definitely through, through, well, I guess Ohio state has played five games. Now they've already had their bye week through five games they have not looked as complete as Penn state or Michigan. Like we can go ahead and say that. Right. So, but I mean that, that, yeah. So what, like n- none of that matters when you get in a head to head matchup and McCord starts throwing darts, you know, with yeah. pressure in his face. If, yeah, if, if then, yeah, all bets are off at that point and, and, and it's anyone's ball game. So yeah, maybe just to kind of tie up, but on it, they, they don't look great yet. Um, right. And, and we'll see, we'll see. All right, UCLA beats Washington State 25-17, to 17, mostly on the strength of their defense. Really good performance by them there. Do you have any thoughts on that game? Not a, not a ton. Like, I, I I didn't get much much eyes on it. Did you? How much of that were not? I, well, no, I, I, there to was too many, too many other games going on. It, it ended up kind of on the bottom of the totem pole for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, it <laughs> – you just have to be impressed by UCLA's defense, I would say. Like, I know Dante Moore, as a true freshman, he's not exactly lighting the world on fire as a quarterback yet. 
I think he's doing his job okay, and they can kind of rely on their defense because say what you will about Chip Kelly, he's figured out how to put up good defensive fronts, and that's what they're doing at UCLA very well. So Clemson beats – sorry, go ahead. No, I I just – I thought the line there was appropriate. Like we have all of this stuff. You have Washington State ranked at 13 at this matchup, you know, perfect 4-0, and the line comes out. UCLA minus three like there's no way there's no way that UCLA should have been favored in that game according to a lot of people um Vegas spot on with that one yeah UCLA the the winner there right Clemson beats Wake Forest 17 to 12 I didn't get much on this either um Clemson was ahead by more than this until late and then Wake Forest scored late um (sighs) we'll we'll learn more about Clemson going forward I don't know there's a whole lot to take away from this game unless you have thoughts (laughs) <laughs> no, I, it was ugly. Nothing great about it. 17 to 12. Um, yeah, yeah. Ugh, I guess. But yeah, you move on. It's a win. Right. Exactly. Florida State beats Virginia Tech 39 to 17. I have similar thoughts about this one. Mm-hmm. Not all that impressive. Virginia Tech is not good. Um, Florida State took care of business the first several weeks of the season. Well, first month of the season, I would say, with the wins against LSU and, and Clemson. Right. They have bigger fish to fry going forward. There's not. I'm not going to get down on them for only being Virginia Tech by 22 points. <laughs> yeah. North Carolina beats Syracuse 40 to seven. North Carolina is undefeated. What's the difference between North Carolina and USC at this point? We think North Carolina is pretty good. Um, yeah. And we're we think their defense is pretty good, and we can't say that about USC's defense. That's true. So. Um, Syracuse, by the way, not a pushover. Syracuse four and two, only lost to Clemson um, in a game that stayed fairly close throughout. So, yeah, North Carolina has some impressive wins going all the way back to week one. Remember when they smoked South Carolina? We kind of forgot about that. And we've kind of left North Carolina just sitting there. Um, they have a big matchup this week coming up against Miami. Five and zero, oh, undefeated. They're probably the most, well, probably the least talked about undefeated team left out there i would say we we have not paid attention to north carolina almost at all right i they lost phil longo to wisconsin in the off season right and replaced him with chip Lindsay from ucf and i thought that was going to be a clear downgrade and maybe it was and maybe drake may is just that good i didn't expect them to be playing this well so props to north carolina for a good start to their season by the way the acc has three undefeated teams north carolina florida state and louisville who we'll get who we'll get to None of them play each other this year. So that's oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> true enough. All right. Iowa beats Purdue 20 to 14. Uh-huh. I did not watch this game. Um, I kept an eye on the score and that's about it. But it, it's about what I expected from a score standpoint. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so Deacon Hill is the starting quarterback for Iowa. Yeah. He was six of six of 21 for 110 <laughs> I saw that <laughs> six of 21. Oh my, what's it come to out there? Um, five and one though, these Hawkeyes, we make fun of them and and that's fine. They're not scoring 25 points a game, but they are winning. They keep winning games out there somehow, some way they get it done. Even if it's only six completions, um, five of which were to your tight end. Um, I, I don't have much to say other than, is there anything to stay to say other than that? Like, you no, got it done? not really. They got a big game coming up this week. And then after that, the rest of their schedule is not daunting. So yeah. All right. Alabama beats A&M 26 to 20 big game kind of in the CBS afternoon window there. Uh, 
Hey, props to Alabama. They started figuring something out. You you mentioned it earlier. Jalen yeah. Milrow, he actually like showed up, had had a pretty good game. Um, is is that the biggest storyline of this game, or or what else did you take away from it? Maybe, maybe, um, maybe. Jermaine Burton was obviously yes. um, excellent. Had almost two hundred yards uh, receiving and two touchdowns. Texas A&M's time management at the mm. end was making me pull my hair out. It was absolutely awful. They punted on a fourth and one inside the Bama 45-yard line. Oh. It's guys, like this is this is a playoff game for you. Like like you have to have this game. You you need this one so badly and they they played scared. They coached scared. Um actually the players did not play scared. I should not say that. The coaches coached scared. That's that's what happened. Um Coach, I think singular that there's no well, way that's okay. a Bobby Petrino thing. That's Jimbo Fisher. Fair enough. And we we, we had questions all offseason about who's calling the plays. Bobby right. Petrino is calling the plays. Jimbo Fisher is deciding whether or not they go for it on fourth down, and he needs to get out of it because there's no way Bobby Petrino is dumb enough to punt on fourth and one in that situation. That's Jimbo Fisher chickening out and doing that bull crap that he's known for. That's just terrible game management. You're all yeah, absolutely just agree completely with what you said. The the other one that really got me the, the lack of management was at the very end of the game when when AM needed two scores and had the ball. They actually had like they actually had called a touchdown for Anaya Smith. He clearly stepped out at the two. Yeah. With and, and they had time left. They had time and three timeouts still, enough to get the ball back and score again. They had time to do it. And they, they went so slow. And then at the end, on on third down. They, I believe, got tackled in bounds and had. Then they ended up wasting a lot of time. Called timeout. Like, it it drove me. Like, you have to either say, either use your timeouts and score a touchdown and like try to onside kick, or save all the timeouts, kick, and try to play defense and get the ball back. It, yeah. But like, they, they somehow tried to do a little bit of both, and they ended up doing a whole lot of neither. I think you waste a timeout and then you can complete the field goal. Yeah, it was a waste. It was an absolute waste it, it was i was so frustrated watching it it was it is really difficult that that time management was difficult to watch now the the one savior for them is that they got overshadowed because there was another team later on that night that had we'll get there much worse <laughs> clock management oh my goodness to the bama point though really quick jalen milrow might have found something that mm-hmm. like granted this AM pass defense has not been very good miami torched them i understand that jalen Dylan Milrow had the one really, really bad interception, but other than that, he played pretty well. And like, we know he's an option. We know he's a weapon with his legs, right? We know he can do that. He was pretty accurate. He threw some really, really nice balls, especially the one in the, in the corner route to Burton. Um, I mean, he layered it in there perfectly. It was impressive. Bama with only one loss. Everything's still kind of out there. It's headed toward a Bama Georgia rematch in the championship. Kind of like we were used to seeing. I guess it's not not a rematch. We haven't had it in two years now. But what? Yeah, like that's what we expected to see. We expected to see Kirby and and Saban in the SEC championship game, and we're headed there. We're headed down that path right now. Yeah, and by the way, it was out there for A and M. If they win this game, they are absolutely yeah. the favorite to end up in that conference championship game. And you're feeling really good about the program if they're five and one, having just beaten Nick Saban in Alabama for the second time in three years. Um they're better than last year. Like give them that they're we've been hard on DJ Durkin and rightly so because their defense, 
it's not as good as it should be. Their defensive front is really good. The defensive line in particular is really good. Um, so props to them for that. Yeah, you just – you can't lose games purely because of coaching, and there it was quite a day for that on Saturday. There was quite a, that, quite a lot of that going around. Um, we'll get we'll get to more of that later, but yeah. All right. Um, next I have Colorado beats Arizona State 27-24. Um, their first Pac-12 win. Not a lot to talk about there. Georgia no. beats Kentucky 51 to 13. I don't even know if beats is the right word. Georgia destroys Kentucky. Um, I believe mm-hmm. Bud Elliott might have said it best. He said Georgia and Kentucky have played a lot of fake big games over the years. And I'm not saying it's not a big game, but Kentucky is, they're like poor man's Georgia. Like you can't beat Georgia trying to play the way they play with a bunch of three and maybe a few four stars out there. Georgia's just a lot better than Kentucky. Um, Certain teams match up against other teams really well. um, And Kentucky does not match up well against Georgia. No, and, no. and haven't for years. By the way, Michigan, also a team that does not match up well against Georgia. Kind of that little bit of that same thing. Right. Um, Carson Beck, I do want to give that man a little bit of props. His yes. final stat line was not fantastic, like, but he didn't even throw the ball in the second half. The man had 300 yards passing passing with three touchdowns in the first half. No picks. <laughs> That's elite. Like, like it was it was 34 to seven at halftime. And I mean, yeah, at that point, Georgia just goes full anaconda mode and just sits on you for, for the last half. And, and, and Beck didn't really get to throw the ball much after that, but he was excellent when he needed to be in that first and second quarter. I was really impressed with that. Um, Yeah. Oh, maybe a little bit to Kentucky. This was okay. Kentucky just beat Florida and by the way, beat him up a week ago. Yeah. Florida is Kentucky's Super Bowl. Like Florida right. knows they're not on Georgia's level. Kentucky put all of their energy into beating Florida last week, and they did. They beat them up. It was I, it was always going to be really, really difficult for Kentucky to get up off out of that game and go to Athens and beat a Georgia team who's kind of a little bit mad and probably felt a little disrespected. Yeah, that it was that game was only going to go the the one direction. Right. Um, and I yeah I think we saw it we saw it play out. You play this game ten times, Georgia wins all ten. By the way, props to Georgia's offense for figuring out what's working. Um, They do not have the running game we are used to seeing Georgia have. And in Uh this game, they threw the ball 42 times and ran the ball 31. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Mike Bobo, great job. I'll just say that. Like you, You said that the final stat line wasn't great for Carson Beck. 389 yards and four touchdowns, 11.1 yards per attempt. That is going to get the job done. You do that against yep. any SEC defense, especially one coached by, coached by Mark Stoops. Like that's there's nothing right. wrong with that. That that'll that'll do that'll that'll do the job just fine, especially with that defense on the other side of the ball. So props to Georgia. Um, they might as well still be the favorite to win the national title. Um, right. Ole Miss beats Arkansas twenty-seven to twenty. This is always kind of a fun little rivalry. Oh yes. Um. <sighs> I don't know that I have all that high of an opinion of Ole Miss, but they're better than Arkansas because Arkansas is just – they just don't quite have it this year. I think Ole Miss has slept on a little bit. Like, I'm going to fight back on that. I think Ole okay. Miss is a little slept on. I, I think there's a little something to Jackson Dart combined with Lane Kiffin 
with some good running backs. Ulysses Bentley does not get the, the credit that he deserves, maybe mainly because Quinshawn Judkins is also on that roster. They have two really good backs. Like I, I kind of like this old Miss team. They beat LSU, and the, right. the loss to Bama, while painful, I mean, you know, it happened. But but so what? They're five and one. You're supposed to lose Miss, to Bama, yeah. Fair, right? Ole Miss has a, Ole Miss going to win a lot of games this year. It would yeah. if if it would not surprise me if Ole Miss goes ten and two. I think yeah. nine and three is very doable for them. If not, so this is an Ole Miss team that's going to win a lot of games, and they're going to be ranked all year, whether people like it or not they're going to win a lot of football games in the SEC, and I think that's hard to do. Yeah, it, that's all fair. Um, the only games that they are clearly an underdog in going forward are probably Texas A&M and Georgia. Um, they can win the rest of their games, and even maybe including Texas A&M. So, right. yeah, that's fine. Uh, Michigan beats Minnesota 52-10. to 10. Michigan is finally figuring out how to just – it took them a while to get get the thing into fifth gear this year, and now it's – yeah, they're doing their thing. We'll talk more about Michigan in November. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. A big game from my perspective. A huge, bad, terrible, ugly game. Louisville beats Notre Dame 33-20. to You can argue that it wasn't that close. Notre Dame scored the last touchdown in this game. It was 33-13 to at one point. Um, yeah. Props to Jeff Brom. He's a top ten team killer. I Louisville's pretty good. To me, this says a lot more about Notre Dame, and maybe that's because I'm a Notre Dame fan. Yeah. Um, but what what are your thoughts on it as kind of the neutral observer? Is there is there any love at all for the schedule that Notre Dame's having to play mm-hmm. there? Because I do think that, like, you have the night game against Ohio State, just gut-wrencher, right? And then you go on the road to Duke, another night game, and just, I mean, down to the last second. Like, that game came down to the end, and it was just a dogfight all the way. And then you have to go on the road to Louisville. I agree with you. Louisville is probably, like, they're 6-0 and and, and good for them. They're... They're probably not we, – we don't think they're a fantastic team. Like, I'll just right. go ahead and say it. We think they're, they're they're kind of puffed up because they played a weak schedule. That's what kind of everyone's thinking here, and we're not super impressed with them. Like, Louisville's probably a little underrated, honestly. And Notre Dame, I'm not, I'm not willing to say that they're overrated. Now, the lack of rushing attack against Louisville was very concerning. They could not run the ball. Audrey Gustame had 20 yards on 10 carries. You hit, you, Notre Dame's not going to win a game if if SMA is getting 20 yards on 10. The, yeah. The offensive line for Notre Dame, just two weeks ago, they've had a really good game against Ohio State. They did. They didn't play very well against Duke, and it was horrific against Louisville. It was horrible. They, they started rotating offensive linemen, and in the first half, they had – Right. They played three guards and two centers, and then in the, in the fourth quarter, they even brought in another tackle to replace Blake Fisher at right tackle, who, by the way, in the offseason, I was on record as saying Notre Dame had the best pair of tackles in the country. And I stand by it at that point. Like, at that point, I, I think I was right to say that. Blake Fisher has regressed severely at right tackle, even Joe Alt didn't play great. He gave up his first career sack in this game. Right. 
I don't know, man. Harry Heastan was the longtime offensive line coach who was renowned. Like he was every offensive line coach's favorite offensive line coach. <laughs> um, and he retired before this season. They bring in Joe Rudolph, who was at Wisconsin for a while, and then Virginia Tech. Big name, but I don't know, man. It hasn't looked great. And probably the bigger story, honestly, Jared Parker, the offensive coordinator, who, I mean, it was a big deal. Like, they went after Andy Ludwig from Utah. And the buyout turned turned into a problem. They didn't get Andy Ludwig. Another name they looked at was Colin Klein from Kansas State. That didn't work out. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it many times, how when you, when you hire a defensive coordinator as a head coach, that's fine as long as you make a really good offensive coordinator hire. Right. And Marcus Freeman didn't get his guy. And after, after not, after, quite frankly, after being let down by the administration, he sort of just gave up and, and hired his buddy who was on the coaching staff. I think th- that's what you kind of get into when you clearly swing and miss on a guy that you wanted. And then, so then your backup guy, your, your plan B has a bad game or two back to back, right? Like he didn't play well against uh, the, or the offense wasn't good against Duke or Louisville, really even maybe Ohio state. You had a couple of bad games and then it's, it's just way easier to question. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that whole decision-making process gets so much more nitpicked um, after the fact, just due to the fact that, you clearly wanted someone else first. Like he wasn't your first choice. And yeah, no, I, I agree. I think a lot of it could have been avoided had they ponied up and, and paid what they wanted for, for Ludwig. I think we said it at the time. That was probably the, the right play. I, yeah. Give the guy maybe a, I mean, I think Gerard Parker's a young dude, right? Like he's, yeah. this is, I believe his first OC job. Give him a little bit of time. <laughs> like let's not just throw it all away just yet. They had a really excellent start to the season and we're putting up a lot of points and there's no doubt that offense has taken, they've had a bad three weeks. They have not played well yeah. the last three weeks. They, the first four games of the year, they score 40 points plus. Right. And right. it feels like teams have gotten tape on their offense. Now it also feels like they're just not doing things the way they were early in the season, early in the year, they were throwing the ball deep. Right. They were, they were attacking teams at all levels of the field. <sighs> you're not seeing any good deep throws you're they don't ever do play action which doesn't make any sense considering that they have all this huge running game is what they're known for like they got five running backs that are pretty good they have audrick mm-hmm. estime they have jeremiah love who's a freak by the way they're freshman running back right he was the only guy who could run in this game he had over seven yards to carry i believe and and they kept taking him off the field right after he would make a nice play but I just, yeah, you can watch, watching them throughout the season, it appears the offense is just going backwards. Um, I don't know if Ohio State broke them, but it's getting uglier and uglier. They've gotten out coached three games in a row now. By the way, Marcus Freeman, I love the guy. Um, And I know you probably had more concerns than I did, you know, defensive coordinator, first-time head coach when they hired him. Right. He didn't really show a lot of signs of, of like defensive coordinators. Sometimes they, they just have trouble calling games because they, they, they call the game as a head coach, as if they were still the defensive coordinator. It's all about protecting their defense and all of that. I didn't see a lot of that his first year and several games, several games this season, the last few games, man, some of the fourth down decision-making is horrendous. Uh, In this game, they had a, they chose to kick a 54 yard field goal while trailing. 
when they had a fourth and four and you have Sam Hartman, like you got to trust him in that, situ- in that situation. They made the field goal, which great, but you're still losing. <laughs> like uh, some of the decision-making think- was just really bad. Well, yeah. Uh- Hartman's regression has also been key. Sam Hartman lit the world on fire the first four weeks. That first month, he was excellent. And there's no doubt he is still the best player on that offense. I mean, I think without question, but he has not played as well as what he was expected. Um, and, And really as well as what we saw him play the first four weeks. He's had a bad couple of weeks. There is time to recover. They've got some big games coming up. Um, one against USC this weekend. And by the way, favored in that game. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. The Sam Hartman, there was one play where he slides while running. And he's clearly like three yards short and he hops up and makes a first down motion after sliding where he could have he could have gained the first down if he had just plowed ahead and picked it up. Um that looked like a freshman. That did not look like a 24-year-old who has 130 career passing touchdowns or whatever it is. So yeah, there's just a lot going on with Notre Dame right now, and, and it's just something to keep an eye on going forward. Okay, other scores. Uh, Wyoming beat Fresno State 24-19, to proving that it's hard to win a Laramie. Yet again, Texas Tech beats Baylor 39-14. to Good win by them. Iowa State beat TCU 27-14. to Alarm bells in TCU, just something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Ashton, Georgia Tech 23, Miami 20. <laughs> We have to talk about this game. We talked about Jimbo Fisher making some bad coaching decisions. Yeah. We talked about Marcus Freeman making some bad coaching decisions. We did. I don't know that I've ever seen anything worse than this. So for those that are not aware, which is probably very few of you at this point, Miami is ahead in this game late in the fourth quarter. Georgia Tech is out of timeouts. 33 seconds left. Miami snaps the ball. Literally, they have to kneel. The game is over. They win. Instead, they decide to run the ball, and they fumble. Georgia Tech recovers. Two deep shots later, Georgia Tech is in the end zone celebrating their win. Um, uh, Completely inexcusable. Mario Cristobal, for the second time in his career, because this happened earlier when he was at Oregon against Stanford, he declined to kneel when that's all he had to do to win the game. Um, the, the the Stanford um, situation was a little different. I little I, I went back and watched some of that, and I I think he, they would have still had to punt here. Okay, I'll, I'll be honest. As I was flipping back and forth from the games, I flipped away from this game because it was clearly over. Yes, and okay, and then I flipped back, and and I saw the fumble, and I, so I I re I had to rewind if it like like oh my goodness like that that couldn't have happened and. I was like, oh, well, like they had to run the ball because Georgia Tech had it. They, Georgia Tech had one timeout. I thought Georgia Tech had a timeout. And then it was like, no, they they, they had no timeouts. Like it, <laughs> it was, that, that's kind of what happened. I was like panicking for them. Um, that said, even if you do fumble the ball, Georgia Tech had to not, they didn't have to go the length of the field, but they had to go a long ways to score. There's yeah. no way that you let a receiver behind you under any circumstances, Haynes King, for as much as you want to, you can you can belittle the Georgia Tech offense or whatever. Haynes King has a good arm; he can throw it that far. Like <laughs> he can out throw it. I, the 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 lack of taking a knee blew my mind. But then also the the awful defense and the the terrible secondary play um, for for Miami at the end was was shocking. I, I'll be honest; if I was if I was a Miami fan, 
I, I'd be I'd be out. I I am I would be done. We need a new. I would like that was not the player's fault. That was not no. the player's fault at all. Um, and to and to defend those defensive backs that gave up those two, like if you just saw your head coach do that, right. you're not in a good mental space. Like you're just. Like, like I totally understand if you mental breakdowns on a 75 Uh yard two play drive or whatever, like, right. And if you're in that locker room, unless Cristobal is just apologizing profusely to you, like, how do you get up and play for that man a hundred percent and go and be all in from now on out? Like it would just be very difficult to be all in from here on out. If you're a Miami player. Yeah, I don't know. It, like Georgia Tech had to go seventy-four yards in twenty-five seconds, and they, yeah. and they did. They went seventy-four yards in four plays. They had two incomplete passes, um, touchdown. I, I I don't have much else to say. I think everyone's covered this game so much. It the worst in-game coaching that I personally have ever seen. I yeah. have never seen worse in-game coaching. It you know how they'll often show like. Uh, win probability or whatever like if you check the espn app they yes, always have a win yes. probability absolutely it's never a hundred percent until the game's over it's always 99.9 even when the game's over that was a situation where it should be a hundred but mm-hmm. the only reason it's 99.9 is because 0.1 or less percent of the time someone is just going to choose not to win the game and that's what mario cristobal did so just absolutely indefensible horrific um, kind of have to feel bad for them, and we'll move on. Oregon State beats Cal fifty-two to forty. I'm still a little confused by Oregon State. Great offense, sure. their defense not always great. Sure. USC beats Arizona forty-three to forty-one. We both mentioned we stayed up late and watched this game, triple yes, overtime game. Yes, sir. Arizona, they were without their starting quarterback, Jaden Delora. The backup might might have won himself a job. I don't know. He looked pretty good. Yeah. Their yep. offense looked pretty good. USC, yeah, I mean, they got Caleb Williams, and he made plays in overtime when they needed it. But any thoughts on this other than maybe it's just USC looking ahead to the rivalry game against Notre Dame? Yeah, uh, I think that obviously was, I think, part of it. Um, USC's defense, not fantastic. USC has not played a complete game yet. No. I think Arizona was the better team through the – I mean, they were. They, they led for most of this game. Um Arizona was unfor it was it was devastating for Arizona to not win this game. They were the better team. Um, I think they should have went for two in the first overtime and tried to end it right there. Yes. Um, you're gonna have to go for two at some point. Why not go ahead and and do it on your terms where you dictate the play? You don't have to worry about stopping them. Go ahead and score and absolutely end it and don't even give them a chance to get let Caleb Williams come back out on the field. Um, yeah, again, personal opinion there should have done that. But I have a lot of respect for Arizona. I thought they, I thought they fought really hard. They played, they played well. Um, by the way, played well last week too. Um, they had Washington and USC in back-to-back weeks, and they gave both teams all they could handle. So yeah, a lot of respect for the Wildcats. Yep, Jed Fish is a good coach. Yeah, USC by the way, they're the third best team in the Pac-12. I would say. Yeah, behind I mean, Oregon and Washington. A significant way behind, or a, a significant margin behind Oregon and Washington right now. I with w- yep. with what we've seen so far, I I don't think there's any question. Okay, that's it for week six. We'll go into week seven, and we're doing things a little differently. Um, trying it this week, we might stick with this going forward, but 
The idea is Ashton and I are going to take turns drafting games. We'll both draft five games, and those will be the 10 that we preview. So if we don't draft your game, sorry, we're we're not going to preview it. Most likely, if it's not in the top 10, it's not worth – I shouldn't say not worth talking about, yeah, but it's not. not it's going to be down your list of things to care about. So we'll, we'll talk about the 10 that we really care about the most. Um, so Ashton, I have a coin here. Tails. We'll use it this week. Um, yeah. I know you, you're going to call Tails – Going forward, we'll just take turns having the first pick. But okay. for this yep. week, the first week of doing this, it is heads. So I will take the oh. first pick. Okay. It's easy for me. I got yeah. Oregon at Washington. Yeah. Uh, Washington favored by two and a half. The game is there, of course. The line basically says this is a toss-up on a neutral field, which makes sense to me. I love both of these teams quite a bit. Yeah. Um in my in my opinion, the winner is the clear favorite in the Pac-12, and and honestly, a clear favorite to make the playoff. Like, it doesn't mean they will. Like, they still have tough games to go. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can overstate how big of a matchup this is. The the quarterback matchup alone is a lot of fun, and then you you compare it with all of the the skill talent that both of these teams possess. These guys have their NFL receivers all over the field. Um, yes. We obviously, we talk a lot about the Washington receivers. Troy Franklin kind of from Oregon gets lost in the shuffle sometimes too. That guy can go up with anybody. He is a yes. legit, a legit NFL wide receiver right now um, for Oregon. So yeah, there's Oregon probably maybe a little more old school, a little bit more physical, but not much. Like they're still very new age and Washington's just chucking the ball around the yard as much as they can. Like yeah. we, they don't even make any bones about it. We're going to let Penix just throw as much as he, as we can possibly let him throw. So it's going to be, yeah, in Seattle, Husky stadium, going to be an electric atmosphere. That place gets loud too. kind of an underrated atmosphere would be a lot of fun to be at this game. Going to be a, almost a noon kick, a 1230 local kick, um, which is a little surprising. That place is going to be rocking. That place is going to be on fire. Yeah, absolutely the number one game of the week. Yes. Playoff teams. These are this is this is this yeah, playoff teams. That's that's what you need to say here. That's kind of what you take away from this. Agree completely. I can't wait to watch it. I, I really don't have any feeling about who will win this game. I I wouldn't touch this line at all either way. Uh, maybe I mean I guess you could talk me into Oregon, maybe, but I'm not gonna personally do it. Uh, I just to me this feels like a toss up and two really great teams, and I just can't wait to watch it. I'm going to go, so that gives me um, at number two, I'm going to go with USC and Notre Dame. This is um, in Notre Dame. Notre Dame, a two and a half point favorite, despite not looking good at all the last three weeks. I know USC has struggled from time uh, from time to time, but what have we seen from Notre Dame to think that they're a two and a half point favorite? This means that we think they're, it's even at a neutral site, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like we think that if this game is played at a neutral site, this is heads up. Like, oh, I'm not sure. Okay, that's a little surprising. I don't, <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. Um, what what do they know? What does Vegas know, Vince? If if this line, if this was the line two weeks ago after the Ohio State Notre Dame game, I would completely agree with it and probably lean Notre Dame or right. at least think about it strongly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Vegas. I don't know if they've quite. I, okay, so first of all, both teams have to some extent underperformed this year usc's defense is still trash Uh um it's not good notre dame's offense the last several weeks really not good usc is going to score points 
they have Caleb Williams. They have great receivers. Notre Dame's defense is really good. They're not going to shut down USC. They're just not going to. USC is going to score 28 points in this yeah. game or more. I realize USC's defense is horrible. I have zero faith in Notre Dame's ability to score 28 points. I, Alex Grinch versus Jared Parker is <laughs> – this is not like the matchup you want to see if you're looking for like the next great coordinators. Like hmm. this is the battle of, of, of two really bad coordinators from what we've been able to see so far. Yeah. And I, I – USC's offense is going to score at least something. I don't know if Notre Dame can score at all. Okay. Well, uh, Do you disagree? No, 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 I don't <laughs> disagree at all. Thanks for the rosy outlook on on, on this game for me, Vince. Um, that takes it to you at number three. Yeah, and I just before I make my third pick, I saw Josh Pate, who does really yes. good work, and, and last year, last week, he went 9 or no against the spread. Right. Um. One of his early best bets is Notre Dame in this game, which I guess that gives me some hope as a Notre Dame fan. I don't get it. I just don't understand. <laughs> so I'd be happy to be wrong, but I don't I don't see it. So anyway, yeah. Third pick, this is where it gets a little more open. There's a lot of good games to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm between two. I'm going to go Texas A&M at Tennessee. Um, this game is fun to me. I could see either team winning this game. Tennessee's favored by three and a half at home. I think that makes sense. I also think Texas A&M, like quality-wise, they're a top 20 program right now, I would say. Mm-hmm. They're not ranked, I and mean, that's probably rightly so. I mean, they lost to Miami. They lost to Alabama. Um, have, don't have any incredible wins. This could give them their first real big win of the year. Um, and Tennessee, bit of a mixed bag from them this year. <laughs> Do you have any expectations for this game? Okay, I love this game. This game yeah. is so much fun. I, I I love this game. It's in Knoxville, which is going to be a fantastic atmosphere. This was a sleeper. I was hoping that this one would fall to me. <laughs> um, good, good on you for not letting it. I think A&M, despite the loss to Bama, and I know they lost to Miami, AM is a good football team, but um, Tennessee is a sleeper. I, I Tennessee is what Oklahoma was a couple of weeks ago, yeah. where it's a team that sat under the radar. They won games, but they sat kind of under the radar, and they have some big games coming up, namely this one against AM and then against Alabama. But think how much differently we view Tennessee if they win against AM and then on the road against Bama, which they can do. They absolutely can win both of those football games. Suddenly, Tennessee goes into that matchup the last week of the season um, in um, at home. Georgia goes to Tennessee with the East on the line, you know, with, with one loss. Like, I know it sounds weird. Keep an eye out for Tennessee. They're sleeping. Tennessee is kind of a sleeping giant right now. This is a game to watch. I, I absolutely agree. A little irritated that you sneak this one away from me. Um, okay, so this one takes it to me, um, back to me again. I'm going to go back out to the Pac-12, um, a, a really good matchup. UCLA goes on to uh, goes to Oregon, um, yep. to Corvallis. They play Oregon State. The Beavers, two one-loss teams, both ranked teams, um, really good coaching. 
um, on mm-hmm. both sides. Really like the coaching. Um, Dante Moore, like we're going to see. This is going to be a real test. Um, we He did not look good on the road in his first start against Utah. That was not great. We saw yeah. him put up seven points. Yeah, I, I think he'll be better. But that said, I think Oregon State, they didn't have a great defensive performance, obviously, last week against Cal. But Oregon State's a good football team. We saw them shut down Utah at home uh, two weeks ago. So this is this for me is a really good game. Um, kind of, yeah, a couple of teams that are just kind of under the radar. They're under the radar. They have one loss. People kind of forgot about them. So someone's going to win this football game, and then we're going to be talking about them a little bit differently come next weekend. I like this game a lot. Oregon State favored by three and a half, which I think I kind of agree with. The total on this game is interesting, too, because yeah. we've seen Oregon State games go really high and then also really low. Really, really low. Yeah. yeah, it's the total is 54 yeah. and a half, which kind of makes it sound like Vegas is like, we have no idea. We're just going to go in the middle of what it will be. Like, it's either going right. way over this or way under this, and we have no idea. And right. And I would kind of agree with that. This is going to be a fun matchup. Like, this is, yeah. If no other reason... If you want to watch good line play, watch Oregon State's offensive line against UCLA's defensive line. Oregon State might have one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. He's really good. And UCLA's defensive line is really good. That's like, I know it's not what most people watch. Most people watch the ball when they watch football. Check out the line play in this game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Just saying. So great pick by you. you. When you watch a game, when you watch a game, okay, yeah. So I've been watching offensive line and defensive line only for the last, I don't know, maybe two years where okay. I, I don't really watch quarterbacks and definitely don't watch running backs or receivers. Just watch the blitzing. Where the, where do the linebackers go and how did like just the front seven versus the offensive line pretty much like yeah. who, who wins that battle. And if you watch that enough, it'll tell you what you need to know about where the game's headed. Um, well, yeah. With who's picking who up and, and if it's possible, is that how you watch it too or no? I try to. I don't exclusively do that. Um, I was a ball watcher for years, <laughs> and yeah. then it, it's been a process to train myself to watch the lines, and I do a better job doing that than I used to. Still not exclusively do that. W- one of my pet peeves, by the way, when watching football is when the quarterback rolls out and the camera simultaneously follows him and zooms in. And you can't see anything else. The quarterback is still looking down the field. Yeah. And you right. all you see is him and maybe like one defender chasing him. And you can't see what's going on. And I just really don't like that. Um, yeah. I would enjoy more zooming out. Like it feels yes. like we, we're, we're way too close all the time. Let's zoom out and 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 see more. See, see who's in front of them. Yeah. Right. Let me see the bigger picture. Okay. That goes to me with my third pick. I will take Miami at North Carolina. North Carolina favored by three and a half. I might talk about this game later. Um, yeah. Before the season started, this would have definitely been viewed as, I don't, well, okay. It still is viewed as a big time ACC matchup. Mm-hmm. A little luster comes off of it after Miami had that the debacle against Georgia Tech. That does. They're also, I mean, they're probably more talented than North Carolina, quite frankly. I don't think they're coached quite as well right now. And they don't have the quarterback North Carolina does. Um. Give me reason to think that 
North Carolina does not win this game by more than three and a half points. None at all. I granted it's what we saw with Miami, but is there kind of any, is there any hangover for Miami? I know a lot of people are, a lot of people will say a lot of people in the betting community will tell you right after a team loses in the worst way possible, you bet them the next week. However, I don't know if we've ever seen a loss like that. Have we, wh- wh- How does a team respond after a loss that deflating? I don't know. Does this team just quit? Like, that's also a question. So I don't hate that at all. That's probably the side I would be on. If Miami does come back, come out and beat North Carolina, then I, I just tip my cap and give them the, you know, the money that I, that I lost and just say, you know, Hey, you won that one. Good for you. I, I think it's more likely that, that North Carolina runs away and hides. Um, I do. I think that's probably the more likely scenario for me. I've been um, really impressed by North Carolina this year. They, right. And by the way, if they win this game, you look at their schedule, they got, they got Duke, but who knows what Duke could be with Riley, uh, Riley Leonard going out with the injury. And then right. they go Clemson. to Clemson yeah, and then they finish at NC state, which I think North Carolina is clearly better than NC state this year. So yes, no doubt. There, it's it's not inconceivable that North Carolina could be undefeated at the end of the regular season. Right. Okay, so I'm going into the boneyard a little bit for this one. You're going to have to bear with me here. So this is my third pick. I'm going to Baton Rouge. Auburn goes to LSU. Yes. It's a night game. Um, LSU favored by 11, which is like, ooh, like, seems maybe just a little low considering where LSU just came from um, after that big road win against Missouri. I don't know if it's a letdown spot or not, but I do think this is this is a this is a big game for Hugh Freeze. Um, we've seen Auburn play Georgia very well. Um, it could have won that football game two weeks ago. I think this one's going to be close. This game, I think, will be very entertaining. I, yeah, it's Hugh Freeze. Like like he he does a lot for me as far as just watchability on a game. I think he's always interesting. I think he's his teams are often very well coached and quite physical. Um, yeah, so. I'm going to I'm going to actually go ahead and kind of roll the dice on this game. It's maybe not as high profile as some of the other ones, but Auburn on the road LSU night game in Baton Rouge. Sign me up for that one, please. Uh no. You almost like apologize for taking that game. I I like that game a lot. Yeah. To me, a huge like the main question for this is can Auburn take advantage of LSU's leaky secondary? Because yeah. they have not thrown the ball well this year. I know. If they can, it's game. If they right. can't, it could be a runaway. So that'll be to me. That's a huge matchup in this game. And also, like Auburn's defense, they're pretty good. Like LSU yeah. has been putting up a lot of points lately. That that could be exciting to see to see that matchup as well. Auburn off a of bye week as well, while LSU had to go True. on the road. Just just throwing that out there. Yeah, good point. Good point. Okay, so we're six picks of the way through. We got four four picks total left. Um, there's, there's good games on this, on this list. I'm looking at several different ones that, that are interesting to me. (sighs) This is where I have to decide, like, do I go with the biggest stakes or do I go with what's Mm. the most enjoyable to watch? (laughs) Right. I'll go with some stakes here. Maybe it could be enjoyable, but I'll take Iowa at Wisconsin. Um, the winner (laughs) of this game. enjoyable about that. (laughs) Right. Although like, you know, sometimes you just have to tune in to watch the train wreck, but yeah, fair enough. The winner of this game absolutely wins the big, the big 10 West. I think Wisconsin's favored by nine and a half at home, which I think makes sense. Also, I don't know that Wisconsin has been great this year. 
and Iowa, like they're sneakily taking care of business, even if it's just kind of vintage Iowa, you know, right. defense. And that's, you know, maybe special teams too. <laughs> um, we, we laugh at them, but they're five and one. Yeah. Right. Exactly. My team's not five and one and Iowa is. So there you go. Um, what do you have any expectations for what happens in this game? No, none at all. The over under 36 and a half, which oh um, obviously by a long shot, the lowest Ooh. out there this week. I mean, what a disastrously low um, <laughs> line that that one is. Um, okay. I do say that I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I was going to score some probably between 17 and 20 points um, and they will probably it's Yeah. I mean, 17, 17 tie and we all go home and feel good about ourselves. Like who, who says no to that? <laughs> no, I, I would actually lean Iowa to cover. Um, yes. It's too many points. I think it's just way too many. It's 10. You know what I mean? I think I would lean Iowa. I, I agree with you. Is there a 10 out there? I'm seeing, I'm looking at 10 right now. Um, oh man. Yeah, so that I'm looking at 10 tasty. currently. Yeah. I might have to I look agree. at that later. Right. Okay. That goes to you for your next pick. Okay. So I'm going to, well, hang on. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to go ahead and go with Missouri um, on the road at Kentucky. Two teams that got kind of smoked this past week. But by the way, two teams that were undefeated just a week ago. So it's two teams with only one loss. Both of these teams are good football teams. I don't know if they're, okay, Kentucky's still ranked. I guess Missouri has fallen out of the rankings. Both of these teams are good football teams. Missouri's had some good wins this year already. Um, Kentucky too. So yeah, that's seven 30 on sec network, Kentucky favored by two and a half points, which means it's probably a pick them at a neutral site or close. Um, yeah. Interesting. I would probably lean a l- Missouri probably mm-hmm. to cover just a little bit. I really like what Brady cook is doing on offense. Um, it's in, yeah. Entertainment. I think that would be a really, really good night game, by the way, good night games, really good night games in this, in this, uh, this week, uh, just a really tasty time slot there. Yeah, I, I think that if this was neutral site, you'd almost have to set this line the opposite. Like, I, yeah. I think. No, I think so. Being Kentucky a home gets a lot. Kentucky, Kentucky gets a lot for at yeah. home. Yeah. Right. Uh, at night, I should say. Yeah, it, it's a it's a big deal. Um, Definitely. That would have been my next pick. Absolutely. That's a good pick by you. Um, I will go to a different SEC game. I'll go Florida at South Carolina. South yes. Carolina favored by two and a half. Um fun matchup like i, oh, I don't is. yeah it is <laughs> both of these teams could really use a win here like the fan base that loses this game is going to be unhappy to say the very least <laughs> can you expound on that like like no not really <laughs> i okay they there is a a a fraction of the Florida fan base and probably a, a growing number actually that are quite unhappy with the offensive play calls because Billy Napier, the coach, does call plays. Right. Um, he's one of the few head coaches um, in the SEC that that does any kind of play calling at all, um, and it doesn't really work. Like I don't have much else to say for you except it's not really working for Florida. <laughs> yeah. And South Carolina is like. South Carolina is good at at what we know that they're good at, but that offensive line for South Carolina is so terrible. Okay, Spencer Rattler and the quarterbacks, if given time, are uh, – sorry, I said quarterbacks, the receivers. Yeah, Spen- the, the passing attack from South Carolina is definitely above average. I think they're quite good. That offensive line is not good, and he just does not get time. He gets absolutely mauled back there. 
and entertaining. Absolutely. It's in um, South Carolina. Um, Columbia. Right. There we go. I'm thinking of the town. It's in Columbia. South Carolina is favored, which doesn't make just a ton of sense to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I might be betting that game. I think I'd be taking Florida to cover, I think. Any thoughts? Well, the fact that it's – oh, sorry. I'm looking at the wrong week. Uh, what time is that game? Because it's, that matters is, to me. It's at 3.30, which okay. is actually good for Florida. Exactly. Yeah, you, don't, you don't want that to be a night game. Uh, especially – yeah, Columbia ha- – the, the, that place shows up, especially for night games. Like South it's, Carolina has has good, they got a good stadium experience for sure. Yeah, um, it's just, underrated. It's underrated yeah. at night. I think they 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 show up and they get loud. So maybe that helps Florida a little bit that it's an afternoon game. Although you know it'll be dark by the time the fourth quarter rolls around and people will right. be yeah it, it, right. Must watch if if you have a chance. So. Yeah, that's my last pick. That puts it to you for your the final last pick of this one. draft. So I'm between two, and there's one's the Friday night game. Uh, do we really want to watch Dion play Stanford at 10, 10 p.m. No. Eastern? Um, yeah, I'm with you. No. So we're going to go with an all-time uniform matchup because that's what we're here for. BYU on the road at TCU yes. in Fort Worth. We get the purple versus the slightly different shade of purple um blue it's, i it, think for byu it's, it, it is blue i was yeah it's it's almost purple tcu is somehow favored in this game by five makes yeah. absolutely no, no sense to me whatsoever with what we've seen it's worth your watch 330 eastern absolutely i think byu is a pretty good football team at tcu it feels like the wheels are kind of coming off the wagon there and somehow Vegas sees something that I don't see because there's no chance that TCU team, who I lost money on last week, should be favored by five points. Um, that's that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> I agree completely. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of the term vibes, but the vibes are not great at TCU right now. Um, yeah. That last season just looks more and more like an anomaly. Like, And we kind of yeah. knew it the whole time, but... right. That was not the real TCU, and I don't know if this is the real TCU either. Like, they shouldn't be this bad, but it it does not look good. So, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Okay, so that's next week. We'll get into the locks, locks of the week now. So, to review last week, um, one and two for me, not a great week. I had Texas minus six against Oklahoma, yeah. and I probably would do it again. Um, they lost the turnover battle three to zero and, and yep. you could argue that they cover and win, win and cover if, if they don't, but it did happen. So I was, I was a loser. The one that was just worse. I was on Notre Dame minus six and a half. And I know you, that was your loss too. We both agreed with that against Louisville and they got slaughtered. Um, just an ugly, ugly game by Notre Dame. My win was Oregon state minus nine and a half against Cal. So that puts me at 15 and 18 on the year. Ashton mm-hmm. one on one week for you. Um, you, you won our lock fight. You took Oklahoma plus seven against Texas. And then your loss was our lock agreement. Um, I dragged you down into the mud with me on the Notre Dame minus six and a half. So Mm -hmm. 13 and three for you this year, even though you just went 500 last week, you're still blazing right along, um, on the, on the whole year. So the honor is yours. Um, you have the lead in the season, so you you get first pick here for this week. And w- what are you looking at this 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 week? 
So this is from the game of the week, Oregon-Washington. This one was a lock for me. I have okay. Oregon covering the three points, which I can currently get on the road. Oregon covering three. That's at my book um, mm-hmm. right now. Oregon is 5-0 and so far this year, obviously. They're 5-0 and against the spread so far. Hmm. You're going to keep betting them until they eventually lose one. I, I really like Oregon's physicality. They're one of the only they're one of two teams that has a top 10 defense and a top 10 offense. The other one is Georgia. So I mean, good company there at the top, right? Um, I think that's interesting. So really like what Dan Lanning's doing. Yeah, I, I, I like this matchup for Oregon. I think they have a little bit of revenge of a revenge factor. They lost a really tough game against Washington last last year. I think they come back and get them on the road. It's gonna be a great game to watch. Right. Uh, I And I do think it will be close, but I just think Oregon does have the edge there. I think Oregon's the better football and more complete football team, I should say. I think you're probably right. I'm not going to join you on that at all. I wouldn't fight you. you either. Absolutely. Okay. But yeah, you're welcome for not joining you, by the way. Yeah. Uh, any other plays? I, I got four absolutelys and one maybe. What, what, are, you, what are you looking at? Throw out some of your absolutelys because I've got about three that I'm I'm just on the fence with. Sure. I'm taking USC plus two and a half against Notre Dame. Oh. I, under, I understand the line because USC's defense has looked so bad. I, I would love to be wrong here, obviously. I, I just don't know how Notre Dame... Notre Dame's going to have to score 30 points to win this game. And yeah, I have zero... All USC has to do is put 10 guys in the box... And Notre Dame will still try to run into it. That's what we saw against Louisville. Notre Dame. Yeah. Okay. On Notre Dame's last 25 third downs, 25, they have converted four of them. Yeah. Four for the last 25. All you have to do is just load the box. Yeah. And that's all USC has to do. And Notre Dame will score some. I don't think they're going to score 30, and that's what they're going to need to score. So to give me USC as the underdog here, I would love to be wrong. I don't think I'm going to be wrong. I go with one more of yours. You have one more. Absolutely. I've got three more. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm taking BYU plus five against TCU. You touched on it. it I just, love that one. Yeah. TCU. It's not the same as last year or any other recent decent year that they've had. It's not looking good. And from right. what you hear, like I'm not deeply following the TCU program, but I've heard whispers of things. Things are just not going well. Like it's not just that they're not performing great on the field. Like there's there's some right. unhappiness there. Put it that way. Right. Like, right. There's there's a chance that this could go downhill even more than it already has. So give me BYU plus five. One thing to one thing to look at too. Garrett Riley, obviously gone. We talked about that a lot. Max Duggan also gone. Quentin Johnson gone. These guys, Kendra Miller gone. Like the guys that were the voices last year, they're all gone. They're either yeah. in, in the NFL or at a bigger um, bigger college somewhere coaching. So yeah, no, like I I agree with you. It's absolutely what I saw too. Some of these lines, they're so they're so abnormal that it makes you think that someone knows something you don't. Yeah. Um, just because like, like, yeah, like I, I agree with you hundred percent. There's no way that line makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, okay. Can, can I throw in a couple that I was looking at as well and just see what yes. you think? Iowa covering the 10 points on I the road like that. in camp Randall. That just felt too high. Iowa. I'm not saying Iowa has a good offense. They don't, their offense is absolutely trash, but 
Iowa's defense is really, really good. Iowa doesn't lose by very much, at least not to anyone not named Penn State. So I think they absolutely can keep this within one score. Like I don't view why I don't do I don't view Wisconsin as a team that's going to be able to physically run over Iowa the way that Penn State did. So yeah, I, I'm absolutely looking at that one. I I'm I'm apologizing to you, but I'm going to join you on that. Um it's weird okay. because there's there's like six games that I feel really good about this week, which is not right. normal this far into the season. Um right. Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe we're just getting fooled by Vegas, but I'm gonna take that. That's not, that wasn't even one of my main ones on the list, but that just makes mm-hmm. too much sense. I had nine. I was looking at nine and a half earlier, which is kind of a stay away number, but at ten, it's just too many right. points. I agree. Um, I'll throw one out, and then you throw another one out. So I'm looking okay. at North Carolina minus three and a half against Miami. I just think North Carolina has really outperformed expectations this year and I'll ride them until, until it stops. And I think there's definitely uh, the the way that Miami Georgia tech game ended. There's definitely, that's the type of game that, that gets you two losses. Like I, I just don't, I cannot imagine. I know showing up carry and, over. and playing the carryover yeah, effect. Uh, that, sure. that would, that would have to be so hard to really show up against North Carolina, if you're a Miami player. So North Carolina could beat them straight up anyway, but when you throw that in there, oh, that's just rough. I I agree with you. I'm not going to join you on it. I Yeah, that's the right side, in my opinion. Another one I'm thinking about and haven't pulled the trigger on is Auburn coming off a bye week in Baton Rouge. I mentioned that number's 11 or 11 and a half some places. Um, I even saw 12 at one point. Coming off a bye week, I think is big. LSU, I know they're at home, but that emotional game on the road against Missouri, a game that they easily could have lost, you somehow win that game. I think it's a letdown spot. I think it's a letdown spot for LSU. I think they'll win. I still think they'll beat Auburn. I think Auburn can cover that game, though. I'm not going to lock it up yet, I don't think. Yeah, I, if it helps you decide to do it, I would be on the opposite, uh, opposite side, <laughs> which yeah, fading well. me isn't all that bad So this season. So... I, I we, we touched on it in the preview a little bit. I'm worried about what, how is Auburn going to score? Um, right. Other than turnovers, I guess, which could happen in any football game. Not LSU's sure. glaring weakness is the secondary. And I do not trust Peyton Thorne to be able to take advantage of that. So I would be on the opposite side, but I get it just because that defense is pretty salty. I'll stay away. I will stay away for now. Yeah. Go ahead and throw another one out. All right, I'm looking at Ohio minus six and a half against Northern Illinois. Okay. Ohio's a wagon and six and a half is a nice number. So there we go. That's 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 all you're going to get out of me on that game, but I'll take okay. it. <laughs> not going to fight you. Definitely not going to fight you. Yeah. Um, You got any, any anything else? That's it. So far, I only have the two. I have Iowa covering and um, I have Oregon um, on the right. road covering that two and a half. Yeah. Yes. Um. Anything I else? Think, I think that you, was all my absolutely. Do, do you see anything in the Tennessee A&M line? Tennessee covering <sighs> three and a half points at home? Maybe? No? I'm staying away from that one. I, I could okay. see anything happening in that game. So Yeah. All right. The only other one I was looking at, and you, you tell me what you think. Kansas is favored by three and a half against Oklahoma State. I really like Kansas' offense. I saw that. Um, Oklahoma State coming off a big win um, against Kansas State. Which 
both gives me pause on this and also makes me think this line will be higher if if it wasn't for that. Like, right, right. I just really like Kansas's offense, man. And I don't know if Oklahoma State can hang. I'm not betting it, but I would absolutely. That's the side I would be on because Oklahoma State they have they, they've been terrible all year, and somehow they got up for a game last weekend. I don't think they get up for two of them. I don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Kansas. I think Kansas big. Yeah. I I'll go with that. That makes sense to me. Okay. Okay. That's all we got on the locks. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap this up, Ashton? This is going to be just another fantastic weekend. Remember, we only get 12. We get 12 right. of these glorious Saturdays in the regular season. Well, 13, I guess, if you include by 12 games for your team yep. um, per year. Enjoy it. Enjoy each and every one. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great week, and God bless you all. 